today's episode is called Crazy Grace, Amazing Love. I have had this topic on my heart for a while now, and I just need to get this message out. It's mostly in response to everything that we've been through in the last year. COVID, pandemic, masks, vaccinations, school closings, church online, distance learning, in-person, all of the above, and where you stand, where I stand, where we all are together, and how we can get through this. Hey, it's Amber L.B. Swenson, wife, mother, warrior, overthinker, type A, holding on to God and his promises to get me through the day. Thanks for joining me to explore everyday issues from a biblical perspective so we can all know and love God more. So friends, I have lost another couple of friends, and uh, I always, I don't know if it's fair to say, but I tend to lose a lot of friends, and um, this is a every couple of years, I just go through friends, I guess, because I, in their mind, don't live up to their expectations, or I don't know, something goes awry. And this one ended up being because of the election. So believe it or not, I have been very um, vocal about not choosing any sides. I really love the Lord. I love his word. I'm a teacher for Bible studies, and I I don't get too involved in politics. I just don't. I believe it's my civic duty to vote, and so I do research candidates. And But I have friends. I have dear friends who are Democrats, and I have dear friends who are Republicans, and I have hardcore Democratic friends, and I have hardcore Republican friends, and I have people who were all Biden, and I have people who were all Trump, and I have so many friends who are throwing their hands up in the air and going, I don't have a clue. I just feel this is messed up, and I'm on an option three or choice C, D, E, or F, and that's sort of where I was. And I I just said, you know, in my Bible studies and everything, I was like, everybody just pray and, you know, do the best you can, find the information out that you need to find. And so I had this really trusted friend who I've had for years, and I mean years. And um, she's also friends with another person. She had, she had introduced me to another friend, and I had become friends with her. And Long story short, uh, right around the election, she sent a cryptic but probing uh, email about who to vote for. And I just said, again, this was a trusted friend. And I said, you know, I have prayed and I have lamented and I have, you know, thrown my hands in the air and I finally chose this person. And I'm not even entirely sure that I feel great about it one way or the other, but I'm, I'm done. And um, I didn't realize it at the time, but I guess in these two friends' eyes, I chose wrong, very wrong, because that was the end. That that was the the cancel cancel culture. That was the end of the emails, the phone calls, the texts. The slowly but surely, it was just um, you know as I tried to reach out. Nothing was returned, and I even sent some snail mail and finally got 
the point that I guess I had chosen wrong. And I see this happening in so many ways with COVID in terms of people judging other people and um, not getting to the bottom of what is behind where they're at. So I have made a point in the last couple months, especially to go to friends and just listen, find out where they are, where they've been, what they've been through, um, and just really let them know that I don't care what they've decided. Some friends haven't been back to church. Some friends won't come back to church. Some friends have chosen to send their kids um, to school, and some friends are, are not sending their kids to school. They're doing all distance learning. Some friends were first in line to get the vaccine. Other friends are like, I don't know. It's just too new. I think I need to wait and see long-term effects. Some friends uh, got vaccinated, but they don't want their kids to get vaccinated. Other friends have already gotten their kids vaccinated. Listen, this is the deal. I have told all my friends, 10, 20, 35 years from now, this isn't going to matter. I mean, how we responded will be the news and the history books. um, And they'll say, yep, we did the right thing or no, we did the wrong thing. All I know is that we can either love each other through these impossible decisions that we have had to make. Because honestly, so many of these decisions at the time seemed so impossible. We were just dealing with the information that we had. And it seems like you make one decision that seemed so hard and you barely got through that and you have the next decision to make. And so at the end of this, when the history books are written, my question is, but did we love each other through this? Were we able to be there for each other? Or did our friendships go by the wayside? Could you only be friends with the people who believe exactly the way you believe? And the only thing I have to say is if that's your mentality, you're missing out. Like I said, I have friends on every side of the spectrum, and I love them all, and I am so grateful they are in my life. And I cannot imagine if I was only friends with people who voted for Biden or only friends who voted for Trump, and if I only had friends who were, you know, completely and totally sold out for the vaccination or only had friends who refused to get the vaccination. I I can't imagine my life without so many of these people. And I just want to suggest maybe two things. One that we learn to listen. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, we must learn to regard people less in light of what they do or omit to do in more and more in the light of what they suffer. That is what I have found. This last year was traumatic on so many levels for so many different people. And I'm just going to give you two different scenarios, very, very different scenarios, and how when you get to the bottom of why these two families did things drastically different you can understand. So one family I talked to recently, they have a a family member who has a severe and very uh, serious health issue. And so they clamped down. They did not allow their college kids to come home. They did not allow people into their house. They pretty much, they were isolated. 
There's another family that has a a teenager who suffered some severe mental health issues, like to the point that they thought suicide could become an issue. So they chose to allow this child to have friends around them because they realized that COVID might not be their worst enemy, (laughs) that they might be fighting something that was bigger than COVID in their house. So one family who was completely and totally isolated because of what they were dealing with and the other family that didn't isolate because of what they were dealing with. Two totally different situations which led them to two totally different lifestyles. When you listen and hear what was at the heart of both of them, you understand the suffering that took place in both home. And you understand that that suffering is what led them to their decisions. Instead of judging each other, because man, when we look at it from the outside, we can spew all sorts of complaints and judgments, and I can't believe you did this, and how dare you do that, and you know that that could affect me, or that might affect other people, or don't try to make me live like you do, or, or what have you. And instead, could we just listen to what people are going through? Because as we listen to them, that's when we hear what's in their heart and why they're doing what they're doing. And the second thing I think we have to do is have a love that is more than skim deep. It is easy to have a love in your heart for someone when they act according to the way that you think that they should act. And when they toe the line, you know, when they do what you think that they should do. But boy, anybody who has had children knows that your love better be a little bit deeper than that. Because children typically do not do everything you ask them to do. And there comes a time, as you have older children, that they'll even ask you what they should do. And you tell them genuinely, if I was in this situation, I would do this. And then they may or may not do that. Because as an adult, they will make their own decisions and they will have the consequences of making those decisions. And so many of these things, whether it's buying a car or renting this apartment, you know, it's neither right or wrong. Maybe there is a better option. Maybe you could buy a a newer car or, or an older car or have you thought about, you know, how many miles this one has on it versus, but you know what? Ultimately, don't our children learn as they make these decisions And don't we want them to be confident in these decisions that they make? So I I tend to tell my older children now, you know, listen, I would probably do this, but I've made a lot of decisions in my life that two or three years later I've gone, well, I don't know if that was the best or not. So here's what comes to mind. But if you think that doing this would be better, you know, it's not sinful. It's not wrong. Do what you think is best. Pray about it seek out other people's ideas, and then make a decision, and it's okay. Now, in the book of John, 1 John, we are given this beautiful litany about love, and it's written by John, who refers to himself as the disciple who Jesus loves. And, you know, many of us have thought that um, John seems to, in saying this, indicate that he's, you know, Jesus' favorite, the disciple whom Jesus loved. But recently I heard somebody explain it differently, and they said maybe he 
called himself the disciple that Jesus loved because he was still taken aback that Jesus loved even him. I don't know if there's any truth to that. I tried to research a little. I couldn't find anything one way or the other. But remember what James and John's, John were in their early days? They were the disciples who, who mo- whose mother came and asked Jesus if her children could sit on either side of Jesus in heaven. And they were the disciples who wanted Jesus to rain down fire on a region when that region rejected Jesus. And, you know, maybe there is something to that. Maybe John was still astounded that Jesus loved him. Look at Peter. I mean, Peter denied Jesus and wept bitterly. You know, he he couldn't believe how far he had fallen. And Jesus, in his love, came back to Peter, appeared to Peter as one of the first disciples after he rose from the dead, and then reinstated Peter, made sure that Peter was aware of the fact that he still wanted him to do kingdom work. He wasn't disqualified because of the decision that he made, that Jesus was going to stand by his side, even if he did something that that wasn't right. And even if he denied his Lord, Jesus was still there for him. That's the kind of love I want us to have for our friends. And that's the kind of love I want us for, to have for other people in the community who maybe are not making the same choices that we are. So in 1 John chapter 4, we read this. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their sister and brother. And so I am just going to ask you today to live with crazy grace and amazing love. These days and this year has been hard for all of us. 
And, you know, I can still love those two friends who cut me off because I can recognize that they are going through something too. And I pray for them. Honestly, I do. I pray for them. And I pray that they're in a position someday to accept me, (laughs) whether I vote the right way or the wrong way, or I, I, there's so many decisions that I make in my lifetime and some of them will be right and some of them will be wrong. And man, I am just so thankful I have a savior who doesn't, doesn't love me according to the decisions that I make. But that demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that's the kind of love I want to have for other people, even if it means I get hurt when they reject me. I still want to love unconditionally, amazingly. I want to listen and I want to love. This has been Little Things, because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. If you could think of one person who might benefit from this message today, would you consider sharing it with them? And would you take the time to rate and review this podcast? It helps it become more visible to other people and just gets the word out that we're here. Thank you for listening. And for those of you who have been listening for any amount of time, thanks for your support and encouragement through this last year. I really appreciate it.